This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Nice to be with you on this long holiday weekend. Yeah, and it's for, a gorgeous. For some, a really long holiday weekend. Well, it's kind of funny when July 1st, Hank, Yeah, um, happened on a Tuesday, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, but Tuesday this week, or this year. Means a lot and, of people are going for the four-day weekend. Sure, and, and there are a lot of bosses out there who are in a real quandary. As to, do I give them the day off on Monday mm-hmm. and really, you know... Get in with the staff there and make them all happy, or do I m- make them come to the grinder and for make one, them work for, one for that day. one day? And yeah, yeah. but uh, well, Normie Edwards, uh, he's off Monday and Tuesday, so I'm in in for him. You're sitting in for him, are yeah, you? yeah. Oh, that's but, good. Uh, in advance, happy uh, Canada Day. Ah, thank you. You too. It's going to be a ton of fun. Are you for a lot of people. Were you going out to uh, set off some fireworks or prance no, around there's, the there's going to be on Sunday evening on on the thirtieth. Uh, there, pardon me, Monday evening. There are going to be fireworks down at Harborfront, mm. and we're very close to Harborfront, so, you so can we'll, just have, we'll have a good see it view. from your balcony. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, and you? Me, I've got an interesting weekend plan, mostly happening out in Prince Edward County. Oh, visiting a one couple of, our of friends, spots. yeah, taking the bicycles, mm-hmm. do a little biking around, a little wine tasting, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> you know, well. just uh, enjoy the beautiful weather. Well, anybody uh, in that Prince Edward County area. If you're ever out to uh, Lake of the Mountain, just mm. pop in and say hi to the Kretchen family for us, would you? You'd love those folks and love that place. Pop in, but you got to go up a mountain first yeah, to get there. Well, <laughs> say a mountain, but it's, it's a pretty good-sized hill. Yes, it is. Uh, I better give the phone numbers here because that's what this show is all about, you mm. calling with questions or comments. So here is the Toronto number, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere else in the province, one 866 740 40. And uh, the first voice you shall hear when you call in is that of Damien. Uh, Patrick, James Patrick Dooley has a, has a day off, so mm. Damien is jumping to the floor here yes. and going to take care of biz. And also, if you're a first-time caller, let Damien know, and we will uh, have Welcome. wind chimes. Yeah, yes. the welcoming wind chimes. That's correct. Mm, yes. I saw... Um, I've been. I've got a bird feeder in my backyard. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I've never fed birds at this time of year. I've always just fed birds in the winter, but okay. I got a really nice new 
pole for uh, Mother's Day. So this year I've got the bird feeder sort of right in the middle of the vegetable garden. So it's oh, there's four feeders there, and it's safe yeah. from the cats. I mean, that's the whole thing. I don't want it to be a cat feeding station. But it's been really neat. I've had all kinds of finches, goldfinches. You know, they look like little yeah, canaries. Yeah, yeah. Lots of cardinals, a few blue jays. Uh, and yesterday I saw a hummingbird. Oh, I love hummingbirds. Yeah, which is yeah. neat. So, you know, the cardinal is floating through here and the hummingbird's buzzing around there. And it's, yeah, hummingbird it's, feeders, just anything kind of red. That, that red. Yeah, that's, and I don't even have a hummingbird feeder, but I have some red roses, and I think uh, that's what brought the hummingbird in. What, it was just it was zipping around, checking out right. everything red. <laughs> They're okay. so cute. All right, a couple of things to put on your calendar um, in the future. So first one being next Saturday, July the 5th. Am I right? Yes, it is. Next Saturday. Uh, the 22nd annual Niagara-on-the-Lake Garden Tour will be happening next Saturday, rain or shine, 10 until 4 p.m. Unique gardens with all kinds of really, you know, neat plants because mm-hmm. the plants they can grow in that area are, you know, they don't call it the banana belt for nothing. So for more information, www.notlhortsociety.com. Uh, pick up your ticket on-site Otherwise, and such a pretty town too. <clears throat> sure is. Take yeah. uh, take your camera. Do not go to Niagara on the Lake without your camera or you know your phone that can take pictures because there's always beautiful, beautiful little vignettes of planters or hanging baskets or you know might get some darn good ideas. Flowers for your backyard, yeah, you know, draped really. over walls and fences. It's just gorgeous. Uh, I know I mentioned this last week, but it, it is, still sounds like a fun one. The Moonlight Series at the Royal Botanical Gardens. It, uh, it's an opportunity where you go in the dark to experience some of the gardens oh, yeah. at Royal Botanical Gardens by the light of the moon. So that'll be July the 11th, August the 10th, and September the 20th, uh, which, again, sounds like a lot of fun. So for more information, of course, go to the rbg.ca uh, website. And July 27th, this is a pretty special tour. It's the Toronto, it's the Greater Toronto Water Garden and Hort Society offering an amazing water garden tour. This is in Richmond Hill and Thornhill. It is a self-guided tour. Tickets are only $12 each. So for more information, again, www.onwatergarden.com. There you go. Okay. Will that hold us for a bit? I think so. All righty. Damien's been very busy in the control room because we have callers all lined up ready to go. So we'll be back to talk to you folks and you to us right after these words on AM740 Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM740. And he I is with Charlie uh, Frank Proctor along for the ride here on <laughs> the garden. He I is. He I is. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> You've been hanging see. out with your grandchildren too I, much. I have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how kids talk. Um, <laughs> actually, it was uh, the little rascals. Uh, yeah, yeah, that spoke like oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. I remember the that little gang. Anyway, we have uh, Rachel on the line from Toronto, probably just around the corner here on the line, ready to talk to you. Charlie. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, we can hardly hear you. Can you bump that up a little bit, Damien? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm calling about my poor eastern redbud tree that really suffered from the cold winter. And you could see that there weren't, well, there were maybe half the blossoms growing up the trunk and the branches. And I'm wondering if that had if that's going to affect the tree in the future. 
Okay, so great question. Thanks for calling. Um, I'm going to repeat your question just in case people didn't hear you. For some reason, your, your voice is very soft through my, my headphones anyway. Me as well. Um, so you have an eastern redbud or Circus canadensis, lovely tree, flowers super early in the spring before any leaves come out. But, and what that tells us is when, whenever a, f- a plant flowers super early in the spring, we know that those flower buds are set the months before, prior to winter, because that's just the way it works. Uh, in late summer or fall, buds will be set, they'll sit dormant all winter, and then burst forth in the spring. Now, no question, a winter like we had was one that was hard on a lot of plants. So you know that the lack of flowering or the fact that you had less flowering on your eastern red bud this year is really more of a consequence of some of the flower buds getting killed off by the cold. Will it affect it in the long run? No. What The main thing is if you have any dead bits, whether it's tips of branches or, or branches or twigs of any kind on the plant now that are clearly dead, they're shriveled, they're black. There's nothing growing on them. Make sure those are all pruned out. And that's true with all of our deciduous plants, even our evergreens, where if it's dead after that winter, uh, if it's not growing, it should be trimmed out. And if you haven't trimmed it out yet, do it now. Perfect weekend with all this dry weather uh, to, to do any kind of trimming out. Fertilize, of course, if you haven't. We fertilize everything in the spring. And next spring, you should see, you know, you should be back in business, I guess, depending on what kind of winter we have. So I hope that answers your question, Rochelle. Okay, thank you. Well, we, we only uh, can have yeah. one question per caller, my love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. So, that's good. Uh, the... I'm sorry. I did, I did drop the phone, and I did do something to the volume. Oh, okay. So that's that's no for the reasons. No, no problem at all. Thank you for calling, and you're welcome anytime. Yes, indeed. And I think I answered probably yes. the pruning question by, by saying what I said. So thanks. Okay. Well, let's take a little trip to Hamilton, up on the mountain there. Uh, Sophie is there. Hi. Good morning, Sophie. Good morning to both of you, and happy Canada Day. Thank you. you. Morning. Charlie, I've got a question about pussy willows. Mm -hmm. The only time I've ever seen a a pussy willow is in a cut branch in a store. Uh, Finally, uh, walking one day, I came across a home that had the trees, and they were in bloom. Mm -hmm. Um, They were kind enough to give me some cuttings. Mm -hmm. Could you please tell me? Anything and everything you know about the pussy willow. So where, excuse me, where are those cuttings now? They're in my garage. I put them in a container of dirt. I think they have rooted and I have some leaf on it. But of course, being in the garage, it's just uh, white. Needs some sun. Yes. Okay, so perhaps when you were walking and you saw those plants, did you notice the size of those pussy willow shrubs when you were walking, walking that day? Actually, they were they were a tree. It okay. was a tree. Yeah. It was so I'm five feet, and they were probably double my size. Right. So you can train a pussy willow or a willow into a tree, or you can grow it as a shrub. Just uh-huh. the only difference is that a shrub has many stems coming out at ground level, and a tree has a single stem coming out at ground level, with you know obviously branching above that at whatever point. So pussy willows. It's it's great that you did that. You stuck them into some soil in pots. They have. They're very easy to root. Uh, you can 
grow pussy willows very simply, just as you've learned, by jamming a, uh, a, cut, a cutting into the ground. Roots will grow, leaves will grow, branches will grow, and before you know it, you have a tree or a shrub, depending on how you, how you prune it. Mm-hmm. But they do grow fast, and they do grow big. So wherever you're going to plant something like that, make sure it's far enough away from the building, because you just don't want those roots messing around with a, a septic system or your foundation, because they, they're they're, like I say, prolific uh, rooters and yeah. growers, and they're fast. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a good size, do you have a good-sized property? Uh, not too much, no. Do you have but a, enough, I think, to be able to handle a tree. Yeah, so one. So, so get those cuttings out of the garage, start them off in the shade as the, you know, the, give them a, a few days in the shade and all the white will turn green. And then what you'll do is one of them is going to get planted. In mm-hmm. your chosen location. Don't mm-hmm. be planting more than one. Okay. Okay. Um, bugs, diseases. Uh, yes, <clears throat> there are some um, beetles. Willows are quite susceptible to some beetles. But <clears throat> with uh, you know, any of a you know, good garden um, sort of care and guidance and, and you know, when we're sort of in charge of something like a garden, main thing is visit your garden often. And by visiting often, you will see little problems before they become big problems. So if these little beetles get onto your willow in the future, it's a spring insect and it looks like a shotgun shotgun holes through the leaves. Mm-hmm. If you see the leaves with shotgun holes, you right away look on the underside of those leaves and you'll see those little beetles chewing away. And at that point, you'll either spray with a pyrethrin-based spray or a soap-based spray, and you will annihilate that insect before it defoliates the plant. Otherwise, no, no diseases really to speak of. Willows like a fair amount of water, so just make sure that, you know, for the first year or so, first two seasons, you're not letting it suffer for lack of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, it should, be on, it should be well enough on its own. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you. Trimming. Oh, you're going to want to trim every spring. Trim, recognize it's going to grow three feet a year, the plant. So when you take off three feet, it's going to go right back, you know, by the end of the summer to where you took it back to. So just always, but let it get established before you worry about any massive trimming. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Sophie. Take care of the folks in Hamilton. You bet. Have a good one. Yeah, I think our callers are getting really smart, eh? Oh, so the one question per caller. So they pick a topic, and and then they want to know everything about it. (laughs) We hold a seminar on pussy willows. Yeah, I know. But that was twenty questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our first caller did the same thing with her eastern redbud. Well, no. Okay, (laughs) we have to keep an eye on that. Mm. Yeah. Did I stress that? Patrolman Proctor. Yes. Yes. Get that pencil sharpened. Call early. Call often one question per call. Okay, <laughs> uh, we're going to be going off to Scarborough for a little visit with Emo, and uh, meantime, we have to uh, come up to our next break on the Garden Show from AM seven forty here on, uh, well, at this the Zoomerplex in the Village. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 
And a good morning from Frank Proctor as we get wend our way through this beautiful Saturday morning. Gosh, it is a pretty day out there, nice and warm, and that's going to be the case for the entire weekend pretty and, well. And it's – remember, summer started last summer. That's We're last, one week into summer. Summer started last summer. Oh, Very good. I'm sounding like uh, you now. Last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get up to Scarborough and say hi to Emo. Hi. Good morning, Emo. Hello. 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 Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Fred. Uh, the question I have, I have black crown brushes, and I, they're about eight years old, and they don't hardly bear any fruits. Uh, my neighbor has cedar bushes, and I planted mine and behind it. So I don't know if they fight with the roots each other, that it don't bear any fruits. I don't know what's the reason. Okay. And did you say they were red currants? Black Oh, black currants. Okay, uh, and you've never had any berries at all, any fruit. Never all this year. This yes, just a few single ones. Huh. And how much sun are the currants uh, currently getting? The the whole day. It's, oh. it's uh, sun or day. So I'm surprised. Now you say the cedars are very close. Um, very close and old. Okay, yeah, so they've got, obviously, roots out quite a ways. Yeah, roots right into, in my garden. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, have you ever... This, okay, yeah, this... I also cut them down, like I phoned you up about it last year, uh-huh. and you told me to cut them down a little bit. I did that, but it didn't help. Hmm. And I also have a red currant bush, uh-huh. which is only about three, four years old, and this is uh, carrying a lot of fruit, and beside it... I have another red currant bush and also is eight years old and doesn't have any fruits. Hmm. So I don't know what's going on. Me neither. So, I mean, just thinking about what currants like. I mean, currants like a, a clay loam. They like to be fertilized in the spring. Do you fertilize every spring? Uh no, I really didn't. Okay. Uh, so that's important yeah. because you do need to feed the plants. What you're trying to do is get them to fl- to get them to flower, and once they've flowered, obviously then pollination will take place and you'll get some berries. What kind of fertilizer would I use? Well, it, to really answer that question properly, you would get a soil test done. But if just in general, you, yeah. would, be, you, you would probably be safe with an all-purpose fertilizer like a 10-10-10 or you could concentrate more on a flowering plant fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 15, something with a little bit of a higher middle number. And pruning, of course, takes place in the very early spring or late winter. Yeah. Okay. And uh, not in the fall or in the summer or anything like that. Um, Early spring or the uh, late winter. That's right. And, um, yeah, I'm trying, I mean, if we have a late frost, that can be a big problem because we can lose blossoms and therefore not mm-hmm. get fruit. I mean, is it possible that that's been causing that's some so problems? many years. I don't understand yeah. that. Huh. Uh, the other place where I lived before, I always had lots of berries. And this place not. Uh, maybe uh, also uh, it's good to put some compost uh, on. Definitely. You know? Definitely. If you, you have... have... If I dig some compost in, I think that's what I did in the other place where oh. I used to live. Yeah, and if you have homemade compost, yes, indeed. You yes, can I do. never go wrong with uh, a half inch or so of homemade compost around the plants. That will both feed. It will also help hold moisture. The other thing is I'd be inclined to do is a pH test because the cedars could be... 
uh, lowering the pH of your soil to such an extent that the currants are not happy. Where would I get the pH test? You can get pick up a little simple pH test kit at any good garden center, and many of the you know the um, home stores also have simple. It's a soil test strictly for pH. So you want a neutral pH. You do not want an acidic pH. Okay. So if if your soil is acidic or below seven, then you'll be uh, the instructions will tell you to add some horticultural lime to your soil to bring the pH up a tiny bit. I see. Okay, see if right. that helps. Right. Okay, All right. thank you. Let Remo, us know. Very much. Thank you so much. Have a great day, both of you. Thank Thanks you. so much. And Bye-bye. a happy Canada Day in advance from all here at AM740 Zuma Radio. Well, Damien, we got to get those wind chimes going. Let's give them a little sound. Ooh. There they are. That wind chimes, first time caller, Helen from Bowmanville. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Welcome to the show. I don't I don't have a, a question. I have an answer. Oh, good. A couple of weeks ago, a lady phoned about an orchid, that, she, and she was asking how to water it. Mm-hmm. Now, I did try to get you last week, and I couldn't get through, but uh, I got an orchid for Mother's Day, had 14 blossoms on it. They're mm-hmm. about two and a half to three inches, these blossoms, mm-hmm. and they're still all on there, and the watering was three ice cubes, once a week. And so that's been working. It's been working while I do it on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Just wonderful. They're just beautiful. And haven't, I've lost one orchid off it. That's great. Since well, Mother's Day. That's perfect. And you obviously have it in a good spot for um, light levels gets, and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, it gets lots of light, but it doesn't get any sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bright, bright, but not direct. Yes. So, yes, I have seen that instruction, the three ice cubes. <clears throat> the nice thing about the ice cubes, it's a slow watering, which is quite effective for orchids because when we water with liquid water, it just tends to run right through. That's right. The only my only hesitation is I don't know if I'd want somebody feeding me by ice cubes. You know what I mean? It's just that that the cold ice cubes on the roots. Can't, yeah. I mean, in the summer, I guess it's okay, but I don't know how the orchid's going to feel in December when you're giving it ice cubes. You know? Yeah. That's my only hesitation on the ice cubes. <laughs> but but if you're if you're having good success, then keep doing it. I do. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day, Helen. Thank you, you. too. Thank you very much for bye calling. Bye. You are listening to The Garden Show here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio with the one and only Charlie Dobbin. And, yes, how and about the that? one and only sous chef, Franklin Proctor. Uh, yes, that's quite true. <laughs> Whoops. Hey, the wind chimes are going to come into play one more time. Here we go. Hey, Liz in Toronto. Hello. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. How are you? Great. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I've been listening to your show for quite some time now, and I've always said I should call in, I should call in, and... This morning I'm calling in. Good stuff. Okay. Um, Marigolds. Mm-hmm. I got quite a batch of them um, from seedlings from my mother, mm-hmm. and I have planted all of them um, probably about Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And every morning I notice birds coming and picking the leaves off, and to the point where they've even picked off the, some of the buds. Really? Birds? What am I doing wrong? And Really? They're going after your marigolds. Oh, my God. You should see them. I have, like, just stems now. What? I have nothing. All the leaves have been ripped off. Again, this morning I went out and 
Well, it's interesting because I can't say that I've ever seen or heard of birds eating marigolds. However, I have seen and heard of earwigs eating marigolds. I'm no, one, no. wondering if that's what's going on. The earwigs are on the marigolds and the birds are eating the earwigs. And, <laughs> you know, it's that the, like, cycle. It, yeah, yeah, it looks like they're after the plants, but they're really after the bugs that are on the plants. I wonder. Well, I've sprayed them with um, soap and water solution. Mm-hmm thinking that maybe that would scare them away. And I did check for bugs. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are no bugs. Well, so see, what... well, earwigs are bugs that do all their chewing in the dark, and they okay. hide out during the day. So, and, they, and they're one of the few insects I know of that will eat marigolds because they are not a tasty plant. They are a plant that most insects avoid. And, sure. uh, and you know, ground up marigolds is literally where some of our uh, uh, sprays and insecticides come from because they're just not tasty. So, okay. Should I wait until they're a little bit bigger before I go ahead and plant them? Um. Well, small seedlings with just a few little leaves on them are very susceptible to getting chewed up. So I would do two things. One is I would put out an earwig trap, and an earwig trap is just simply a piece of hose or a bamboo stake, something that's hollow, that's small, and you're going to basically test and see if you do have earwigs out chewing in the nighttime because they're going to hide inside that little trap you're going to put out for them during the day. Okay. And so if when you go out in the morning to, to look at the garden and you lift up this trap and you tilt it and, you know, sort of tap the end and tilt into a can of water with a, a drop of oil in the water, see how many earwigs come out, if any, from this little trap. And that'll start us in the direction of whether earwigs are causing the initial problem. Okay. To protect the plants from the birds, I would be inclined, there's something called a, a floating Row cover. Are your marigolds all planted together or are they scattered all over the, the garden, the yard? Um, I, I scattered some in some pots and then the rest of them are all scattered within my garden in the front. Right, so it would be hard to... Uh, see, to protect them from the birds is doable, but you it's almost like cheesecloth. Like you need to have a, a barrier, even just for the next week or so, that allows light in and allows moisture in, but doesn't allow the birds to get through and do any, any chewing. Of course, that's not going to stop earwigs. So that, you know what I mean? It's always mm-hmm. one of those fine lines. Now, uh, I have planted them in between my hostas. Would uh, that matter, do you think? It shouldn't. But remember, marigolds will thrive in yes. the sunniest locations in your, in your garden. They yes. want six hours plus of sunlight. They also want a well-drained soil. They don't want to be, they don't want to be kept moist all the time. So, okay. you know, thorough watering and then let them dry out. Thorough watering, dry out. Uh, okay. And that's once they're established. You know, you gotta, like you said, you've just planted them a week or so ago, so you're going to have to stay a little more on top of the watering than that. You don't want to let them totally dry out just yet. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's an interesting question. I, I, or you, the other thing is go out in the dark with a flashlight and sneak up on, see what, if there's, you see anything chewing uh, in the dark in the way of insects. Because you will I not see to... ear, earwigs during the day. Okay, I might have to do that. Okay. 
Okay, well, we'll take good it from there and luck. see what happens. Yeah, that's a good question. I like that question. I'm going <laughs> to think some more about that one. <laughs> Let us know how that works out. I will. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a happy Canada Day weekend. Thank, Thank you, and happy sleuthing out there in the middle of the night with the flashlight. <laughs> Get a picture of that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Mott, Liz. They sell those little flashlights yeah. you, know, you wear on oh, your yeah, head. Oh, yeah, helmet. Yeah, like the winer's hat. Exactly. They're that's very it. handy when exactly. you're out picking bugs in the dark. Well, here goes those wind chimes again. My, oh, my. gosh, I can't believe Goodness. it. Yes. That's for Phil. And Phil, I understand you're calling in from La Fontaine? That's correct. Where's that? Where's that? It's in Tiny Township. Mm -hmm. It's just east of uh, Midland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Right on Georgian Bay. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I had a question about uh, I have a a purple leaf birch. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's the second year that. It's in. It's been. It was planted. Mm-hmm. So it's only about right now about eight feet tall, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very straight. Except mm-hmm. when it gets to the top, I'd say about four or five feet up, mm-hmm. uh, it all starts leaning towards one way. So there's it's top heavy mm-hmm. and it's leaning towards the house. Mm-hmm. So what I was wondering um, is, can I prune the like? There's a a fairly thick branch, uh, which is not the main one, but it's the furthest one going up. Uh, which is really bringing everything down, right. making the tree uh, lean. I wonder if I can prune that branch. It's about a half an inch thick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it would be a good idea, actually. Okay. And, yep. and at this time of the year? This is a good time. Because this is a good time? It, this is a good time because, again, nice dry weather, and birches tend to bleed when we prune them in the spring. Okay. Uh, and you, and so this, this tree is not staked, is it? You it, had It's um, like at the base. It's maybe, maybe an inch and a half. Okay. Uh, thick, right? Caliber. And uh, as it, as you go about four or five feet up, that's where it, it branches off up for the last time, and that's the biggest branch, and that's the one I'd like to take off because it's bringing the rest of the tree down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just wondered to um, when you first planted the tree, you had it staked, like stakes yeah. to hold it up, but now you have taken those stakes away. I have, yeah. Good, because I I have found with this particular tree, it does well. Birches in general are quick growers. They're also, uh, they tend to be very sort of soft and floppy. I mean, we saw it in the ice storm how the birches laid on the on the ground and then all popped back up once the ice came off them. So I, I do find that this purple leaf birch tends to be a very uh, soft tree and it does uh, tend to lean. Okay. So good idea to lighten the load and try and get it straight because the okay. last thing you want is to have a permanent lean on it right. uh, because that's exactly, you know, in a, again, in a bad ice storm or bad wind, the whole thing can break off. Right. And, and not too many uh, branches at once pruning back? At the most, you would take off a third of the plant at any one time. A third? Yeah. Wow. At, at the most. At the most. Right. Okay. okay. Great. Um, maybe as in terms of um, bugs, I, I didn't really read up on it. Or, or is it susceptible to... To bugs, the purple leaf? Well, it can get... You've heard of the bronze birch borers? Uh, remember years ago, we used to use Saigon on our yeah. on our birches. Yes, yes, yes. And it was, uh, it was called... Um, it's a systemic insecticide because the plant would absorb the insecticide through the thin bark of the tree, making the... the actual tree poisonous so that when the borers came along and laid their eggs up in the tips of the trees, the eggs would hatch and as soon as they started to chew, the little larva would die because the birch was poisonous. Of course, Saigon is no longer on the market. We're right. not, we have no systemics on the market. So you, 
and you need to know that this plant is susceptible to the borers still, and many of the birches are, most of the birches are, your best way to avoid having that problem is keep the plant as happy as possible. So that's... Happy? Yep, happy. Okay. So spring fertilizing, watering as required, pruning as required, talking to it, admiring it, uh, you know, keeping it mulched at the bottom, make sure you don't have grass growing up to the base of the tree, right. you know, no whipper snippering of the bark, that sort right. of thing. Really look after it and, like I said, admire it a lot and uh, hopefully it'll grow and look lovely and, and, you know, be a real ornamental piece in your garden. Great. Okay. Well, okay. I appreciate your advice. Uh, Phil, uh, yes. now when you're muttering to the tree, try to do that when you're all alone and don't let too many people see you because okay. so they might get I, the wrong if idea. If I'm feeling you. lonely, I can't bring it in the house with me. <laughs> okay, my okay, friend. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. So uh, that's why I have a cat, you know, because oh. when I talk to my plants, people think I'm talking to my cat. Of course. Right? Yeah, they don't know My cat nuts. is well-trained to stay close by <laughs> so that it looks like me and the cat are having a whole conversation, but it's really me and the plants. Well, of course. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. 9.41 the time, and you know our little mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. We had a call right off the top of the show from Rachel. I think it was the uh, Redbud uh, yes. uh, question. Anyway, Good Rachel memory. has called back, so we're going to be uh, visiting us. We always invite you to call as many times as you want, only on different times. And Rachel's taken advantage of that. We'll yeah. be back to talk to her in just a couple of moments here at AM740 Zuma Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here welcoming Rachel for the second time yes, to the show. Indeed. Good Welcome morning, back. Rachel. Good morning again. <laughs> and I wanted to say I'm sorry if I did appear to break the rules. Oh, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say was that you did talk about pruning, mm-hmm. and that would have been my other question right. about the eastern red bud. Anyhow, I'm calling back about my peonies mm-hmm. that have lush foliage and budding, and the buds don't ever open. Hmm. Ever. I, yeah, most of the peonies have finished by now. Right, right, and I still have blasted, slightly blasted-looking buds. Okay. Uh, well, that actually might be what you do have going on is something. So they're, they're there. the little buds are there. They've never really grown very large. They've just stayed small no. and turned black? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm, it, there is something called bud blast of peony, and I'm just not going to remember. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to check this out and get back to you because I... Uh, how we avoid that. It's, uh, there is some, uh, a fungal disease that uh, peonies can get, mm. and it could be that. I, just, I need to just double-check this on my handy-dandy computer, and I will answer your, your question uh, imminently. <laughs> so for now, okay. well, I'm uh, stay. an ardent listener, as you can yeah. tell, and I will wait patiently for your answer. <laughs> Thank Thank you. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rachel. She, she sounded really yeah. like she was chastised, but we didn't I mean know, to make feel bad. We didn't mean to be No, we're a happy bunch here. My gosh, and I believe, <laughs> yes, it is Angela in Brampton who's next to talk to you as you do your research. <laughs> Good morning, uh, Angela. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Morning. I'm just asking about my lilac trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they've bloomed and everything. They weren't really good this year. Last year they were really great. They do have some blooms still on it, but they're not opening. And I'm just wondering when I can trim, you know, like it's a hedge. And I'm wondering when I can uh, cut it back. So are you sure that those are lilac buds or could it be that those are the flowers are finished and what you're seeing? It could be. It could be yeah. just finished yeah. and uh, it just looks to me like they're the buds right. that are there. But, uh, you know, I know it's finished blooming. Right. Because you know what lilacs will do if we don't remove the dead flowers, the yeah. lilacs will set seeds and they put a lot of energy into seeds. And uh-huh. unless you're starting a lilac nursery, the last thing you want is a bunch of lilac seeds. So I would definitely go right ahead and trim that hedge now. So I can do it now. It uh, wouldn't harm it or anything. Not at all. Nope. Okay. Thank you so very much. And you both have a great Canada Day. Thank, thank you. you. you thank too. you very much. Yeah, I got to buy myself a flag for our, our balcony. Yes. Yeah. me today. You do. I don't have one. We're going to get one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe the number of first time callers this morning. Oh, Away go the chimes again. Look at that, Damien, nice. right on cue. That is for Sandra <laughs> calling in from Baltimore, not Baltimore, Maryland, I presume, uh, but Baltimore, somewhere in Ontario. Where are you located, Sandra? Hello. Um, Morning. I am uh, about, uh, do you know where Coburg is? Yes, yeah. It's about five minutes north of Coburg. Right. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, well, welcome you go. to the show. Thank you very much. What's uh, I have a problem with my white rose tree, mm-hmm. and it has been totally infested by little tiny beige colored bugs with red legs on them. Hmm. And I've uh, tried spraying them with uh, dish soap and water mm-hmm. uh, before they start to bud and after, and it doesn't seem to get rid of them. Hmm. Now, is it dish soap or dish detergent? Dish detergent. Okay. So that dish detergent mixed with water will never kill bugs. Okay. So if you're going to use uh, like a soap solution, it's got to be truly soap, not detergent, in order to annihilate bugs. Okay. Easiest thing, because I mean, there's it's sometimes hard to find true soap. So you can certainly purchase, uh, you know, at a garden center or at one of the you know home hardware kind of stores, uh, Safer's soap uh, or any of the soap sprays that are you know designed and made up for you pre-mixed or even in a concentrated form where you'll add some water and spray. Okay. Uh, and that, that should definitely, when you, you know, follow the instructions, that will definitely kill those bugs. Uh, but now, should one, they be sprayed on before the rose bush starts to, or the rose tree starts to bud, or does it matter? Uh, you spray when you see the bugs. Okay. Okay. So if there's buds on, like B-U-D-S, on the, <laughs> on the plant, when the bugs become apparent, you spray. Mm-hmm. If the oh. buds are open and there's flowers and, you know, again, bugs become apparent, you spray. But it's super important. I just want to mention, particularly with the soap sprays, and uh, we know that roses are best planted in full sun. So super sunny, open locations, which I imagine is where you've got this rose growing. Yeah. Do not spray a soap solution onto a plant that's in a sunny location on a hot, sunny day at okay. high noon because <laughs> that will be that will not only kill the, the bugs, but it's likely to kill the plant as well. So okay. to, to spray with a soapy solution or, or whenever we get into this kind of heat, all our spraying must take place very early, early in the morning. I'm talking 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning when it's not too hot yet and the sun is not beating down directly onto the plants. 
Okay. You'll be very effective in terms of killing the, the, the bugs, and the plants will come through fine. Now, is there anything else out there that will do as good a job? That I could get, yeah. other than the dish soap. Well, it's but the the two contact killers that are available to homeowners. Uh, one is a soap based spray. The other is pyrethrin based spray. So uh, insecticides like Bug Be Gone. If you look at what's the active ingredient, it's pyrethrin. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's, I think it's still out there. There was something called trounce. Same okay. exact active ingredient. So if you might have something like that in your garage right now or in your shed, take a look. If you have something on on hand that's a pyrethrin-based spray, uh, you can use that. But again, early early in the morning. Okay. And uh, pyrethrin is it? P Y. Yep. P Y R E. No. P Y R E T H R I N. Pyrethrin. Okay. Okay. There we go. Thanks okay, for great. your call. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sandra. I appreciate that, and uh, I enjoy your show very much. I listen to it all the time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you. In my little village of Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very Have much. Have a good day. First caller from Baltimore. We've had her on the show. I think so, yeah. yeah. Deep. So that was nice. Well, we do have, uh, actually, I think a couple of lines, at least one line that's open. So uh, let me give you those phone numbers again. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740. 4740. You'll first uh, have a chat with Damien in our uh, control room and line you up to talk to Charlie Dobbin. By the way, uh, can I uh, t- say hello to a couple of my grandchildren? Yeah. Uh, uh, w- this past yeah. Thursday was was a roller coaster of, uh, of emotions. First of all, we were really, really happy and pleased that our eldest granddaughter, Bailey, was graduating from high school. She's an Ontario scholar, which is something yeah. she's going to be going Congratulations. to. Congratulations. University of Waterloo to mathematical physics of all things i know, I know what they do. So, like what is a mathematical yeah, I have physics no idea okay, yeah. you think a lot about numbers i guess mm-hmm. and then but on the same day wouldn't you know it our a little uh, gal uh, uh, who's going to be six in september maggie she, down syndrome child she got up and she said to her mom and dad i i need to go to the doctor and i need a needle and yeah. her tummy was sore. So anyway, the upshot was that she had appendicitis, and uh, they took her into hospital. And I want to thank the doctors, nurses, and everybody there at uh, McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton. They did a marvelous job. She's home now and okay. But boy, what a what a roller coaster of a ride. We uh, we were really yeah. so worried about but it. But everybody's you know? come through. Yep. Okay. Yep. Everybody's yeah. fine. So yeah. there you go. Hello yeah. to Maggie and to Bailey. And <laughs> congratulations right. to both of them. And we have to take a little break through. right here and come back and have a chat with the folks like Sandra. Uh, who else? Well, there's there's some other folks oh, who sure. are going to get on the line there. <laughs> Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, uh, once again, welcome to the show. Uh, just the latter part of it, for gosh sakes. Look at the time has gone so rapidly. Let's get right along to the calls. Alma in Kitchener, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you today? Just great, thank you. Morning. Morning, how are you? Great. Yeah, I have a solution for the rose plant. She was saying that she's getting a lot of bugs in her plant. Yes. The only best solution is a claw of garlic which you can plant near the plant, mm-hmm. and all the bugs will run away. <laughs> That's well, great. How about that? And That's... then what will happen, the 
clove will grow, uh -huh. and then she can cut the green part and let the garlic stay in the ground all the time. Right. Never to remove that. Oh, and she won't have any, I don't have any problem. As I said, I planted my roses from the stamp and mm -hmm. they're flourishing so well and no bugs, nothing whatsoever. And so you, and that's the classic companion planting, right? Where we put yeah, two roses different... Yeah, because uh, garlic, garlic goes yeah. together. They do. So do you have uh, a garlic by every one of your roses? Yeah, near, uh, right. And uh, not near the next to it, a little bit further than that. Mm -hmm. And then I cut those green... Uh, from the garlic and use in my soup. Right. Good idea. And you never harvest the, bu the bulb. It just keeps coming back up. Yeah. Excellent. Every year it comes by itself. Great idea. I like it. Thanks for your call. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you, Wilma. Thank, Thank you. you. And I have a bell for you. Oh, do you? <laughs> when you come to Kishna, give me a shot. I'll come and see you. Right. You'll ring my chimes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Elma. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, isn't that wild? Uh, garlic. Is. Oh, I actually wear a clove of garlic around my <laughs> because I have never been bothered by zombies ever. As long as or I'm wearing vampires. as long as I'm wearing the garlic. I wondered you know. about that. Yeah. Uh, can we okay. squeeze a call in here? Okay, do you want to just go back to the peony question? Oh sure. Okay. All right. So, you know, uh, either Rochelle or Rachel called and said the peony buds are forming but they're not opening. Right. You know, after we go through all the classic, you know, are the was the root planted high enough? Is the weather? Is the sun? Is there fertilizer? All those things going as they should. Mm -hmm. Peonies should bloom. There is something called bud blast, and it is caused by environmental conditions at a critical stage of development, such as frost, a late frost, or drought, um, which I don't think we've really had this year. Uh, it can also be caused by a fungal attack usually occurring uh, during very cold, wet periods like we well, have yeah, had yeah. this spring. Mm -hmm. In these cases, the problem is unlikely to be repeated the following year, and the plant is likely to continue to thrive. So bottom line, um, just patience. patience. <laughs> yeah. gar Gardening is all about patience. So, you know, okay, this year wasn't a great year, but next year's another opportunity for a great year. Just like I said, make sure lots of sun, fertilizer in the spring, mm -hmm. and be careful about top dressing. You don't want to bury that root too deep. Otherwise, you will not get flowers. Very good. Okay. okay. Sage I, advice. I hope that answers the question okay. of the peony. And uh, I think that pretty well takes care of uh, the calls. I, we won't have time to squeeze one in. I know. Uh, it's too bad because we do have a couple of people on the line. Yeah. But hey, that's the part of the mantra about call early, call often. And, and Rachel did. Uh, call, she did. Uh, call she twice. Did. Good for her. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, here we are uh, looking at the clock and saying we've got a little bit of time left, but not enough for a call. But I do want to take this opportunity to uh, wish all our listeners, in case we yeah. don't see you or you hear from us uh, between now and Canada Day, a very happy Canada Day. That's right. And uh, all sorts of wonderful uh, goings on all over the place. And don't forget to wear red and white. Absolutely. And like you said, get out there by that flag. Let me quickly read an email. This came in this week. Uh, the question is about coleus uh, from... I can't, I can't, from Chipperoo, 1991. Question is, can I winter a coleus plant in a planter on the balcony uh, in Scarborough, Ontario, on the northwest side of the building? Answer is, not outside. Coleus is a tropical plant. If you leave it outside, it will die. You can, however, overwinter coleus in a pot inside your apartment 
uh, for the winter. Um, I did that. I kept a coleus in all winter and have put it out in the spring, and it's a lovely, lovely plant. Okay. So there's an idea for that. Very good. And we're going to turn you over to the very capable mm-hmm. Ellen Gelman, who has uh, some special guests, including Steve Scheiman in there, to uh, have some fun on the... Uh, the Dave's car Corner show. Garage, That's yeah. right. Minus Dave today. Right. Yeah. But and in case uh, Dave is listening, hey, mm-hmm. good morning. Hope you're feeling better, chum. Yeah. All the very best. It's supposed to be in Europe right now. Yeah. Son of a gun. All right. Well, you have a great weekend. But, yeah. And I guess you're back. You're filling in for Norm. Yes. I'm back this afternoon. Oh. Yeah. With Doing more your music own, for it. Yep. 2.30. Yep. Yep. 2.30 to 5. You should just pitch a tent here, really. That's right. Because <laughs> you're, you're here like every day for the next little <laughs> it while. It seems so. Yeah. <laughs> have a good one, folks. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate your help. Thank you so much, Damien, and we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.